This episode, Hillary Davidson reads from Blood Always Tells. In fact, it's a crime. It's a crime. Here come the drums! C-R-I-M-E-W-A-V. You're rolling with the Crime Wave, the Internet's first and only podcast devoted to the art of the crime short story. I'm Seth Harwood, the Crime Wave's creator, your crime caper commentator. This month's episode is hosted by Rob Olson and Livius Nedded, the boys from the Booked Podcast. Check them out. The Crime Wave is produced with help from Aldo Calcano and Lee Dalmonte. It is not safe for your minivans, so put those earmuffs on your kids. All right, welcome back, Crime Wave listeners. My name is Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snedden, and we have a treat for you uh, today. Something that we haven't done, at least since we've been hosting Crime Wave. We have a female reader. That's right. So uh, recently, and by recently I mean earlier this summer, Livius and I took a trip from Chicago up to Milwaukee to record uh, live a Noir at the Bar event in Milwaukee, hosted by John and Ruth Jordan, who are... Uh, the head people over at Crime Spree Magazine. They invited us up to record it and to podcast it. And uh, so it was up on our podcast a little bit ago, but we wanted to uh, share Hillary's uh, reading specifically with the Crime Wave listeners as well. Well, Rob and I have been to a few um, Noir at the Bar um, readings. And in case you are not familiar with Noir at the Bar, it's a uh, crime series that... uh, it's really, really kind of surged in popularity, it seems like, over the last couple of years, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, without going into an entire history of it, it was uh, originally created by Peter Rozovsky, but really popularized by Jedediah Ayers in St. Louis. Um, Jed Ayers has been on Crime Wave in the past as well as on Booked, uh, I believe, multiple times. Um, and really, yeah, <laughs> the selling point for me, and this is one of my favorite stories of, of recording live events is uh, we recently did one as well in Indianapolis uh, within the last year. And uh, my favorite part of that reading, what really kind of, it, to me, kind of sums up what Noir at the Bar is in, in a very short short story is Scott Phillips gets up, and he was one of the later readers in the evening. He might have even been the last reader. And he uh, he was doing a thing where he was reading from his book Rake, uh, which is a great book. And we actually reviewed that book on, on Booked. But anyway, he was kind of narrating some of the parts of Rake and explaining it as he was reading uh, the excerpt. And at one point, he had to stop and say, now this is the first time that I've ever been the second person to have a part of a story where a pregnant woman gets punched in the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and to me, I was that was that moment where I knew I was with the right crowd. Yeah, I mean, Noir at the Bar typically takes place in a bar. Um, so by the time you get a Scott Phillips up there later in the reading, everyone's half in the bag anyway, and it's just a lot of fun. And it is definitely the, I like the least stuffy readings I've ever been to. Yeah, a lot of fun. Good people, good crime stories. That that one was packed with talent. Dave James Keaton was there. Les Edgerton was there. Who, uh, that man is is a powerhouse. If you ask me, um, there was a ton of really good people there. So if you get a chance and you happen to see that there's one in your area, you definitely, definitely want to set aside the the time to go. It's not, uh, you don't need an invitation. You can just show up. Everybody's totally cool. It's like I said, it's the least stuffy event, um, literary type event I think I've, I've ever been to. Fairly certain that our man Seth Harwood has attended some on the West Coast when he's not running from the law. I'm, 
I'm pretty sure in those in those <laughs> Nikes of his. I figured it out, dude. I think he just got a gig working at Nike. That's why he's thinking all a lot about kicks. this lately. Yeah. So, you know, he said, ah, maybe he's on the run. I don't know about that. Maybe he's just putting in lots of hours at like the Nike factory helping design like the new Jordans. <laughs> I mean, well, everybody's got their hobbies. Like you probably spend like half your paycheck on that vape vaporizer stuff vaping uh yes <laughs> yes probably about half my paycheck and yes on vape equipment yeah does your does your vape equipment does it have that little reservoir where you could put the vix in there so that you can no is that am i thinking I, it, the wrong you're thinking totally the wrong thing and i'm, I'm not thinking that would be as pleasurable as you just made it sound off <laughs> listeners makes. Okay. yeah and you buy a lot of hats so yeah, I we all have our thing so. yes Seth loves them shoes, man. <laughs> he really does. But back on topic, if you get on Noir at the bar, check it out. Uh, the, the live events are great. Whenever we have a chance, we visit and uh, record them so that we can podcast them for people who can't make it as well. Yep. Hey, while we're talking about Seth, um, you know, we're, we're recording this on the, and, and by the time you guys will have heard this, it will have passed. But um, tomorrow, Seth's birthday. That's right. Happy birthday, Seth. I don't know how old he is right now. I'm guessing probably either 26 or like 50 i don't know yeah one of the two but I'm not, I'm yeah not good I, age. Uh, I, before we were recording this i said i go do, do we sing do we sing happy birthday to him and he was like yeah not on this podcast <laughs> so you never know if we remember when we record another episode of booked if you want to tune in maybe we'll be singing happy birthday to seth harwood you never know all i'm gonna say is he's never sung happy birthday to either of us so you don't know that you don't know he hasn't sung it to me that's all i'm saying all right all right all right, fair. All right. I guess we should get to the actual, to the meat and potatoes of this episode. So what you're going to be hearing is, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, Hillary Davidson reading um, a little bit from Blood Always Tells. Not going to go into a whole lot about it because she's going to kind of give it a setup, uh, as you'll hear in the in the actual reading. Thank you, John and Ruth, and just thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I've actually been on tour the last few weeks for the book. It came out April 15th. And I basically started running around the country, literally a different city every day. I am so happy to say this is the end of my tour. So I'm capping it off here in Milwaukee. And there is no better send off than to do a noir at the bar. I've done these events now in um, New York several times, in LA, in St. Louis, in Toronto actually as part of the tour. Um, and even in Albany of all places. And it's always fantastic to read with other writers. So anyway. Um, Blood Always Tells, like John said, is my first standalone. If you know my Lily Moore books, um, this is much darker. This is much more like my short fiction. And one of the appeals in writing the book was to really take off the gloves, not have the rules of the world that I'd created with the main character and her relationships and that. And really, anybody can betray anyone in this book, and they do. Um, the premise at the beginning is there's a woman named Dominique who has been having an extramarital affair. She was okay with that, with this sort of two-timing boyfriend that she was seeing. Um, she was okay with it until she found out that he had been lying to her and actually seeing another woman on the side, and she decided to get some revenge. Um, just as she starts her own plan for revenge, they are kidnapped and taken to a house in the middle of a wilderness area. Dominique has no idea where they are, and they're separated and she finds out that she's not the only one with a grudge against her boyfriend Gary. And so I'm going to read a short section picking up from there. Dominique went over the room looking for anything she could use as a weapon. 
The nails in the wall were a possibility, if only she could get one out. She pulled and pried, damaging her manicured fingernails in the process, before finally extracting one. It was two inches long, with a flat head and a dusting of plaster dappled over its surface. Lying almost weightless in her palm, it didn't look like much of anything, let alone something dangerous. Some weapon, she thought. She went back to the window, scratching at it with the nail. If plexiglass could laugh, it would have quite the chuckle right then. Maybe I could pick the cuffs with the nail, she thought. That wasn't exactly her skill set. Desmond, her brother, could have done that with his eyes closed, at least as a teenager, but he'd never taught her how. While she was contemplating the possibilities, she heard a key in the door. She put the nail in her pocket and glanced at her watch. It was close to nine at night. The man eased the door open gingerly, as if expecting an attack. I've been thinking, he said, and I have an offer to make you. Oh? I'll let you out of here. Kidnapping you was never really part of the plan, so I'll let you go, but on one condition. What's that? You help me kill your boyfriend first. He smiled, revealing perfect, even teeth. His no tone was nonchalant, almost playful. How about it? Dominique stood stock still, balanced between shock and horror. Say that again, she told him. I don't think I heard you right. You heard me just fine. Maybe I did, but I don't believe you, she answered. What you're talking about isn't just crazy, it's evil. I'm not suggesting you kill an innocent person. This is about Gary. He's a good person at heart. You know that's not true, the man said. He's a sleazeball who married a woman he didn't even like for her money. His mother had breast cancer and was on the verge of losing her house, Dominique pointed out. I think that had a lot to do with his choice. Gary took good care of his mother until she died. He took great care of himself, too. Only the best would do for him. He was a golden boy, raised to think he was better than everyone else. Handsome, athletic, the type who always got the girl. The man lifted his big shoulders in an impassive shrug. He got addicted to a lifestyle he couldn't afford, and that made him a monster. Did Gary hurt someone you care about? Is that why you kidnapped us? No. The man shook his head with obvious impatience. I told you, this is just business. Then why are you obsessing about him? He reminds me of a certain type of person I hate. So smug, so superior. But personally, I don't care about Gary one way or the other. Make no mistake, he is a killer. Who did he kill? The man cocked his head to one side. That's a complicated question. Well, why don't you explain, she prodded. It would take too long. Anyway, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me if Gary lives or dies. It only matters to the person I work for. Gary is going to die tonight. No, you can't. The only question is whether you're going to die with him. Do you want to? What kind of fool question is that? The man's mouth stretched back in a smile that lasted for a nanosecond. You're beautiful and you're kind of amusing, so I'll make you a deal. If you'll kill Gary, I'll let you live. That's your idea of a deal. What's wrong with it? I would have expected you to say you'd let me live if I sleep with you. Obviously, that's also part of the deal. He was so cool as he said it. Dominique didn't feel the slightest spark of desire from him or any heat from his skin, but those feral eyes of his said, I have you in my power and I can make you do whatever I want. But that's just a given, he said. 
and sleeping with me wouldn't keep you from going to the police and telling them what I did. But killing Gary? That makes this a completely different game. You do that, you can never go to the police. Really, you think the police would blame me when you're threatening me? I'm not threatening you. Gary dies in either case. That's not a threat. The only question is what you're going to choose because I believe you're capable of murder. You're wrong. I know all about you, Dominique, he said. I've read about you, and I know all about your mother. Dominique clenched her hands into fists. The metal chain of the cuffs rattled. You don't know a thing about her. I only know what the newspaper said, but I also know that blood always tells. Your mother was a murderer. You're capable of killing a man just like she did. You listen to me. Dominique could feel her own heartbeat pulsing in her throat. My mother didn't murder anyone. Your mother went to prison for putting a bullet in your father's head. The man spoke slowly, driving his words home with frightening precision. He wasn't just a control freak. He was a sadist. Her lawyer tried to claim it was self-defense, he said, but there was no evidence your father ever beat her. No bruises, no doctor's visits, no hospital visits. The jury didn't take much time to convict her either. Everyone knew she was guilty. The gun went off by accident. Now that she was cornered, Dominique found herself clinging to the same story Nana and Desmond had told her, the one she'd always refused to truly believe. She'd grown up hating her mother for taking her father away from her, and hearing the same charge from a stranger made her recoil. It wasn't murder. A shot in the head at point-blank range. That was no accident. Dominique backed away from him, bumping into a wall. She had been four years old when her father died, and her memory of that night was shadowy and vague. Her mother had given her a bath and put her to bed as usual, and then she didn't know when because there was no clock in her room. There was shouting and firecrackers. It was like the 4th of July, she thought, and she'd gotten out of bed and pulled back the shade over her window. But there were no sparkly lights in the sky. It was raining. She remembered seeing Desmond streak across the lawn, and she watched, fascinated, when a police cruiser pulled up in front of the house. The police had been very nice to her, taking her to the station and giving her candy and pop. Early the next morning, Nana came to collect her. There has been a terrible accident, Nana said. Your daddy has been hurt. Nana wouldn't say dead, but that was what she meant, only Dominique wouldn't learn that until later. Nana never wanted to talk about what happened. Later, when Dominique was in elementary school, she asked Nana about that night. Your mama said it was an accident, Nana replied. Don't you believe her? She swore to me she never meant to shoot him. That means it was an accident. Dominique had never been able to get Nana to say more than that. As she'd gotten older, she'd lost the desire to know more. It was a tragedy she wanted to bury. Now, Dominique took a deep breath. Is that how you want me to kill Gary? Put a bullet in his head? That would be appropriate, don't you think? History repeating itself in a way? He was as relaxed as if he were offering to grab some takeout. You'll never be able to tell anyone. Think of the stories, like mother, like daughter. It would have to be our secret. You're serious? I give you my word, he answered. I will let you live if you kill Gary. I can't be any clearer than that. All right, what you just heard was Hillary Davidson reading live from Noir at the Bar in Milwaukee from Blood Always Tells. And if you are not familiar with her, here's a bio, uh, which is maybe a little bit surprising, maybe not. 
novelist and travel writer Hilary Davidson got her start in journalism in 1995 when she moved to New York for five months to intern at Harper's Magazine. Afterwards, Hillary joined the staff of Canadian Living Magazine in Toronto as a copy editor. Her first freelance article, Death Takes a Holiday, about a New Orleans cemetery. New Orleans? I, I know that someone's going to come back at me about that. Uh, was published by The Globe and Mail. She left her day job to write full-time in June 1998. She went on to write 18 non-fiction books, 17 of them for Frommer's Travel Guides, and articles for wide array of publications including Discover, Martha Stewart Weddings, American Archaeology, Chatelaine, and CNN Travel. What the bio does not say is that she's also written some crazy crime stories. You would think that would be in the bio. You would think, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm I'm going to chime in. I didn't want to interrupt you while you were reading, but I'm going with New Orleans. Yeah, I said New Orleans, didn't I? I'm such yeah, a rube. Yeah, well, you know. We Matt, can't all be Matthew Funk would be punching me right now. Yes, yes, he would. So, um, Yeah, so, yeah, definitely a wide array of publications she writes for, which is really, really cool because I think it speaks to her talent. I think that there are a lot of people that can write maybe only in one genre or maybe only fiction because I think it's a distinctly different style of, of writing. I think you actually have to have a completely different mindset to write nonfiction, like travel stuff and, you know, Martha Stewart weddings. It's not the same as writing your blood and guts, you know, crime story. Right. But Very cool. for those of you who are into the crime stuff, just go to her Amazon page. She's in Thuglet. She's got her Blood Always Tells book. She's got a book called The Damage Done. She was in Blood, Guts, and Whiskey, Murder, Mayhem, and Muskego. I just figured and it out. Wait, wait, wait. I just figured it out. We have the wrong bio. We have the bio that's attached like one of the travel books. Because ah. flip it around, like we read this bio and we're like, "Wow, that's a lot of interesting stuff." Now picture yeah. that you're you're in the you're in the bookstore, right? Yeah. And, and you're picking up a, a, a Fromer's <laughs> travel guide, and you pick it up. It's like you know, as appeared in Thuglet and <laughs> Blood and Guts and whatever you said, and it's just not. All yeah, right. that's fair. So um, maybe we'll review one of her uh, one of her travel books for booked. What do you think? Maybe Frommer's New York City Day by Day. There you go. So she's got a ton of crime stuff. She's she leads a double life. Apparently, so excellent reader too. Um, definitely my favorite um, person to to have heard read at, at one of the or one of my favorites at least at a noir at the bar. She reads really well. I'm gonna give you that. She really did. All right, let's give you the full-on book synopsis uh, for Blood Always Tells. It was released in April of this year, 2014, by Tor. Dominique Monaghan just wanted to get even with her two-timing married boyfriend, a washed-up boxer stuck in a toxic marriage to a dangerously spoiled socialite. However, an elaborate blackmail scheme soon lands her in the middle of an unexpected kidnapping and attempted murder. But who is actually out to kill whom? Desmond Edgars, Dominique's big brother, has looked out for his wayward sister ever since their mother was convicted of murder many years ago. So when he receives a frantic phone call from Dominique in the middle of the night, he drops everything to rush to the rescue. But to find out what has really happened to his sister, the stoic ex-military man must navigate a tangled web of murder and deception involving a family fortune, a couple of shifty lawyers, and a missing child while wrestling with his own bloody secrets. I'm in. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds pretty good. Yeah, the uh, the just enough crazy. The reading she did was was great, and it made me want to read it. The, the sad thing about doing a book review podcast, our other podcast, is that we don't ever have any time to read books that we just kind of like want to read, like that we pick up afterwards and stuff. It's just 
our schedule is too packed. Yeah, I know. I know. And it's it at first I it really bothered me. I've kind of learned to let it go a little bit. Yeah. Um for people who don't uh haven't or don't li- regularly listen to booked, um we pretty much review 3 to 4 books a month. So that's a lot of reading we do specifically for the podcast, which again doesn't leave us with much time outside of that. On the rare occasion I can sneak one in if it's short. Um but uh yeah, so sorry, Hillary. <laughs> Sorry, Hillary. Tell <laughs> us, tell us when your next book's coming out, so we can read it and make we use the podcast as an excuse. I think is what we're trying to say. Very good. That's what we should do. So, what else we got going on? Um, actually, it's been pretty business as usual over at Booked. We did just host uh, recently uh, a reading, a live reading at City Lit Books in Chicago, which we posted on the podcast, featuring uh, Brandon Teets, Richard Thomas. Uh, ben Tanzer and Jack Gems, and it was uh, essentially not necessarily super crimey, but like there was, <laughs> there was kind of a, a one of the higher moments of the evening was uh, Brandon Teets was reading a particularly gruesome story about uh, the perils of of I would I want to kind of say crash dieting without ruining yeah, the story. Extreme extreme dieting, I guess. Yeah, and um, and there's a there's a scene where a nurse is is getting. Uh, being intimate with a doctor, and uh, he's describing it in great detail. And there's a there was a woman with her her child in a stroller. No, not in a stroller, but like holding her child in her arm, kind of walking behind Brandon while he was telling the story. So that was an entertaining moment. But uh, if you want to check that out, you can go to uh, bookedpodcast.com and uh, listen to the City Lit Books reading, um, and and hear that for yourself. But we have some cool stuff on the horizon too, right? Yeah, I'm really excited, and again, here we're stepping away from crime, but I, I don't necessarily know that we are, because we, uh, is, uh, you know, as original as we can be over at Booked, we decided by we, I mean, I, I just, just ramrodded Rob into <laughs> reviewing a bunch of horror books for the month of October. So, um, first one is called Jackpot, um, and it's a collaboration between four writers uh, that wrote this book, but it's about a serial killer who wins the lottery. So, serial killing is crime, right? still as far as i'm aware yeah 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 so it doesn't matter how good your reasons are <laughs> but a serial <laughs> killer who wins the lottery i'm going to give away a little spoiler for the top of that book and this is as much for the listeners as it is for for you rob he picks his so he he gets victims randomly and then he plays the numbers of their ages interesting yeah so it's uh and, and he wins which happens very early in the, in the story um, so very excited about that. But yeah, so we're going to be doing that and some other horror stuff um, throughout the month of October. So I'm very excited about that. I am as much a horror fan or I like to be a horror fan as much as I am a fan of crime fiction. That's right. We branch out. We're all over the place. So um, if you're interested in horror, I know that crime crime readers don't necessarily just read crime. So you probably might be interested in horror as well. Um, or you just want to check out some great book reviews and author interviews, check out bookpodcast.com. Yep. Feel free to subscribe on iTunes, listen on Stitcher, all the same great places that you get your Crime Wave episodes. All right. And in the future for Crime Wave, I know uh, Seth is talking with us as well as other people about getting some fresh new names to the show. Livius and I are kind of reaching out to our contacts to see what's going on. But Seth definitely did say that he's doing some recording that is going to be for some upcoming episodes. So I'm guessing it won't be too long until you hear some more of the man himself uh, reading some of his new stories uh, for you. And uh, we'll try to get some new names out in front of you as well.
All right. I think that wraps it up for this episode of Crime Wave. I'm Olivia Snudden. And I am Rob Olson. Thank you for listening to The Crime Wave. I'm your host, Seth Harwood. I hope you'll check out the rest of the stories here on Crime Wave and tell your friends about it. It's the C-R-I-M-E-W-A-V. Help pass the word. Register at our site so that you can participate in the forums and add comments to the episodes. You can email us with questions or comments at info at crimewave.com. Aldo, the mystery dog, and I will get your email and we'll get back to you right quick. You can also call the K7 line, 206-350-4998, to leave comments or feedback. And if you leave a great message, we'll even play it at the end of a show. So drop a line, hop on the website, visit often, spread the word, and thank you for stopping by the Crime Wave. In fact, it's a crime. It's a crime.